Welcome to the Parenting Unique Children podcast with your hosts, Randy and Renata. Hello, welcome to this week's episode uh, with your host, Randy. And of course, Renata did all of the research because we love her. Um, And today's topic is about parental mental health. So we often talk about the child side of things, but what about as the parent, especially during this time of lockdown? So let's jump right in. Okay, from mqmentalhealth.org, they're taught, this article is really neat. So they did an interview with a parent who has mental illness and she's got two young kids at home and a husband who's working from home. And the questions are just, they're trying to get to the root of how is it going for her, basically. Because I'm not, I'm not going to read you the article, just kind of give you the gist. And she said that one of the things was that she wanted to prepare as much as possible beforehand. So like getting craft stuff, art supplies, video games, whatever it is that your kid would want. You want to prepare as much as possible. And she thought, you know, this would be great if I could just be prepared, then everything will be fine. Um... And she did say, I will read this quote, before lockdown started, I was adamant that there should be some structure. So I will, I will agree. Some structure is great. And I do tell people that I talk to, you know, you got to have some structure, but at the same time, you can't be super strict. And she does explain a little bit more about her way of, of coming into that realization. But really you can't be that strict because you know what, this is a stressful time not just for the parent, but for the kids too. Their whole world's upside down. And depending on the age of your child or their mental abilities, they may not even understand what the heck is going on, which can make it even more stressful for them. So let's not be super strict with that schedule, but I do think it's important to have one. I think it's really important that we get up every day, have some breakfast, brush our teeth, put on clothes, and right then we feel like a normal person right? After that, you can kind of figure out what you want. I think working out at least once a day is really important, whether that's going for a walk or doing a little dance party, whatever it is. I think it's important. So back to the article. She said um, that a big challenge for her was not having her her own space. So uh, she goes on to explain that her husband is using their bedroom for his office. And that way, bedroom is office, and then he can go into the living room, play with the kids, and that's home. So there's that separation for him, but then that leaves her with the kids all the time. And let's be real, we all love our kids, but do we really want to be with them all the time? That's a lot. (laughs) Love them, but that's a lot, right? So having that space. So that space could be going out, if you have a backyard, going out on your back porch, sitting for five minutes, right? Um... If you do have the ability to go in your bedroom or you have a a separate room that you can go into, five, ten minutes, just a little bit of peace and quiet, right? Um, Another thing that she describes is having to do, doing a workout and feeling great afterwards, which I totally agree with. We need to work out. Um, I mean, my other job's personal training, so it's kind of my life. Uh, It's all about working out. The other day, actually, I worked out in my backyard. And I think my neighbor might have thought I was crazy because we have new neighbors and they don't know me yet. They don't know that I'm a personal trainer. And I was just running back and forth doing sprints in my yard. (laughs) So that was interesting. 
Um, Renata wanted to make a quick note here that the structure should be fluid, you know, physical movements scheduled in and, you know, carving out some of that distinctive me time is key. So it could be that, you know, in the morning you take an hour to sip on your coffee slowly while sitting on the porch and then in the afternoon at I don't know two o'clock that's the workout time you can work out as a family it doesn't have to be just you working out get the kids up and moving kids have tons of energy they've got to get up and moving there is some uh, YouTube channels that that are showing videos a lot of people are doing live Facebook classes actually the woman in the article said that she did um, an Instagram live dance class so there is a lot of options out there I know um, at my house, it's really hard to get my youngest up and moving, so dance parties are a thing. He, he will definitely get up and start moving and dance along, so that's a big one that I've been trying to push. Um, or if you have video game systems that have the, like, the standing and, and you have to, <laughs> don't know if I'm describing this well, like the we move thing, the we have to get up and actually do the those ones um virtual reality if you have that gets them up and moving it'd be nice to get off the video games but if we can use them to benefit that movement that's even better because they won't fight you as much probably um so a couple other things that i wanted to mention before we move on uh to a couple other articles is that I totally get it. So as a parent, I do have mental health issues um, and I take medication for it and thank goodness for that because I think I would have lost my mind already by now being stuck at home all the time, but that's okay. Um, so it's okay to be fluid. So what's helped me most, I think, with having the whole routine thrown off schedule and being home all the time, I don't even do our groceries because my husband's still at work. So he is the one that goes out and does our groceries and any shopping that needs to happen. So I've been housebound for what we on week 11 here, I think. Um, so it can be stressful. I do get out and walk the dog. So if you have dogs, that's a great way of getting out of the house. I walk my dogs two times a day. Um, they love it. At first they were like, hey, why are we walking for an hour? We used to walk for 20 minutes. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I've got to go to work now. So um, that's a great way to do it. Again, I carve out time to do exercise. I do exercise every single day. Um, it's not quite as intense as what I was used to before, but that's okay because it makes me feel really good. Uh, starting to really get into more yoga. I do love yoga but it's just one of those things that oh where's the time well I've got the time now so getting into some more yoga has been really helpful um getting back more into my writing and with the kids yeah we're doing online schooling and my oldest she kind of takes care of herself we, I go hey are you caught up in class because sometimes she'll wait until there's three or four assignments and then do it but she's grade 11 so for the most part she takes care of herself but my youngest um is the one that has the disability. So I have to sit right beside him to do, get that work done. So we break it into chunks. His class, they just do language arts and they do math. So I'll go when he wakes up and I don't bother with whatever time he wants to wake up at. I don't care. So we're fluid that way. Wake up at whatever time. So two in the afternoon, it's frequently two in the afternoon, he'll wake up. Say, okay, great. He wants some breakfast now. In an hour, give him a nice hour to wake up we're going to start your schoolwork. Okay, great. We'll go usually start with language arts. Um, we'll do the language arts that the teacher had sent. Then 20 minute break. 
and he knows that it's only a 20 minute break and then I go back in with the math and we finish the math and then school is done. Now I know some people have more school, less school and we do, sometimes we'll do some other things. He is taking an online history class um, throughout school and there's other things that you can find to do. And then I say, okay, great, your, your work is done. So now you can play on video games if you want to. Now you're allowed to go on a VR if you want to. Um, and it, every time we walk the dogs at night, hey, do you want to walk the dogs with us? Nine out of ten times he says no. But every so often he'll say yes and he gets out the house. So even actually this morning he came out and walked with me to get the dogs their walk, which was awesome because it's hard to get them out. The anxiety alone keeps them in the house. And then the pressure of this whole COVID thing is scary. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how my routine goes it's very fluid there are certain things that have to happen so once school is started we finish it uh, a certain way i still eat my meals very regular um and i work like i said i work out every day and get dressed every day that's a big one okay so let's move on to another article that renata found it is from the website nspcc.org.uk and it's titled Coronavirus, Mental Health and Well-Being. So it starts with letting everybody know that people cope in different ways and they have stress in different ways. And that's okay, right? You cannot compare what you're going through to what somebody else is going through or how you're dealing with it to how somebody else is dealing with it. Yes, we are all in lockdown, but our situations are all slightly different, right? So we have to understand that. Now, it goes on to talk about if you're struggling, make sure that you get support, reach out, and I will read off some numbers um, in a minute, at least for around Niagara area where I'm recording this for, uh, from. And then it, it also talks about changes to our mental health. It can affect our kids, right? If we are upset, kids can tell, and then they get more upset. So we, we're allowed to have mental health. We're allowed to have bad days. But what we need to remember is that we can't take that frustration out on other people, especially the kids. Um, they actually give two phrases here, and I'm going to quote these, to explain to kids when you might be having an episode. I don't like really calling them episodes. It's the first time I've called it. It didn't feel right. Um, just a mental health day, like you're just having an off day. So anyways, they say, and I quote, it's okay to get big feelings. Everyone gets big feelings, but it's still the grown-up's job to look after the children. And then the second one they give is, if grown-ups get big feelings, it's not your fault. We can ask other grown-ups uh, for help with our feelings, right? So basically, if a kid comes to you and you really, you're just at your wit's end, and sometimes I get that having depression and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot take anything else. And my youngest <laughs> talks about the most random things that I can't even wrap my head around sometimes. And you know what? You don't always have to come to mom. You can go to dad. You can call nanny. You can call grandma, right? So letting them know that it's okay. Everybody gets big feelings sometimes, but we have to work through them. Article also make sure to sit, give children reassurance and support. And needing to do that, we need to make sure that our mental health is taken care of. Because we cannot help somebody else if we are not feeling good, right? So if you think of a plane, they always say, put on your oxygen mask before helping someone else. So it's the same thing. We have to take care of ourselves or we cannot take care of somebody else. I've been down that road where I thought, I'll put myself to the back, to the back, to the back. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about driving off a bridge. That is not okay. 
if that is where you're at, you need to get help. And that is what I did. Um, and now I feel much better. So some local uh, numbers for the Niagara region, if you feel like you need to talk to someone, our Canadian Mental Health Association number is 905-641-5222. Our Bereavement Resource Council is 905-680-6400. The Distress Centre, 905-734-1212. And the Niagara Counseling Services is 905-788-1968. Or their email is niagaracounseling at gmail.com. Really important. You might want to, you know, go back and write those numbers down. Um, good to have. Renata makes a quick note of her takeaway from this article is that part of basic care for your children means taking care of your mental health. And now she's, this is her personal story. This is Renata's. My son is now 14 and understands that I have mental health problems. I'm very frank about it and also very upfront about the hereditary factor with mental health. I want him to be okay with openly talking about it and strategizing with others regarding how to feel better. He frequently checks in with me to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And that's so awesome. And you know, now that he's a little bit older and can understand it more, that is so great to hear. And we sh should be making it so that kids want to talk to us about their mental health. It should be an open topic. It shouldn't be something that we hide behind, put it, in, put it in a box and put it off in the basement. It's so important to talk about. Let's unpack that stuff. Obviously, depending on the age of your child and what they're able to understand, you have to use various words. Um, but as they grow and they can comprehend more, you're able to explain it more to them, right? So that's really important. And the final article here is from the WashingtonPost.com. And it is an article written by Jennifer Wallace and Vanessa Patrick. So they, this is a lot about talking about boundaries between work, school, and home because now everything is happening from the home. And they're talking about creating rules or a guide of how to live, which is a little bit of what I talked about with having a bit of a schedule, flexible schedule, but a schedule nonetheless. So they're talking about how people have this, they call it a mental bandwidth. And what that is, is just how much mental capacity you have for the day, right? How much focus and attention you have for the day. If you use it all up in a day, right in the morning, you're going to be tired, cranky, overwhelmed for the whole rest of the day, right? So finding ways to stretch that mental bandwidth or to create more mental bandwidth. And they give some examples how to do these things. Um, they did a recent, well, not them, but they uh, researched a recent poll by the Kayser Family Foundation. I'm going to quote this here. They find that 45% of adults say the pandemic has affected their mental health. Another poll by the University of Michigan found that 40% of parents surveyed had shouted, yelled, or screamed at their children at least once in the past two weeks. So very high percentage. Um, although they don't give the percentage on a regular basis that would have been kind of nice to see the the change but i know that i have sometimes a few days have gotten a little bit more frustrated because there's no getting away right there's no break ever and so that's just something to keep aware of and if you feel like you're getting to that point take a break in the backyard or say sometimes i'll, I'll tell 
um, usually my youngest, my oldest, like I said, she's, she's 16. She kind of does her own thing, <laughs> but my, my youngest, sometimes I'll say, you know, I need a break. I'm just going to go in my room for 10 minutes. Like I just, I need 10 minutes and that works for her. And she's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go over there. And you might've caught me. I'm bad. I said, she there, he, I'm still getting used to it. I apologize. Um, now where was I on the page? Here we go. Uh, and according to growing research, they found that an effective strategy for this is personal policies. So basically rules are a guide for making decisions and doing your actions. Because if you have these rules set in place, it's just like rules of a board game. The rules are there. So you follow them. If you have these rules or personal policies in life, it makes making a decision easy because you already know it ahead of time. And they do give some examples and I'll get to those as I get down the page here. So I don't lose my spot. Um, so they help us to reflect, to prioritize what's really important. And that way you're using your mental energy on what's important. So that's saying, pick your battles. That's basically what this comes down to is you're picking your battles. All right. So to create a personal policy, you begin by identifying your, your priorities. So the example they give is privacy during a work phone call. And then you identify your stressor. The example is the kids' interruptions. So the personal policy is, um, and I quote, unless you're injured or the house is on fire, please don't interrupt me during work calls. Um, but they do have somebody that kind of made it a little bit more flexible by letting her kids text her questions as they arise. So they're not interrupting, but the question is there. She can quickly kind of look at it and be like, okay, I'll answer this or you'll figure it out, right? Um, so making those kind of personal policies, as they call it. Um, they have a list of them on the website or on, in this article, but I'm just going to read a couple that I thought were really good. So there's three. So the first one here is debating whether to pick up groceries today. Just decide to go shopping on the same day every week. That's it. Now, with that being said, it's really easy to go to the store and forget stuff. Really make a list. What I do and what I actually tell my clients to do so they're eating healthy is you make a chart of, you know, Sunday to Saturday or however your week goes. Pick your, you've got a line for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Okay, that's an important one is snacks because that's one that's forgotten about and then that's when we eat junk food. Then you can actually put in what you're going to eat each day, which also then helps when it comes to time to cook. It's, there's no thought you know exactly what you're going to make. So it makes it a lot easier in that way as well. And then you can go through and see what do I have in the house? And what I do is I'll put a little check mark. So if I'm making steak, that's my youngest's favorite meal right now, steak and potatoes. I'll go, okay, yep, we have extra steak already in the freezer, check mark, yep, uh, but we gotta get potatoes. Oh, but we have corn to go with it, great, check mark. And then when you make your grocery list, it's that much more easy um, to do because you know exactly what you're going to do. Now, sometimes I struggle with just trying to figure out what I want to eat. So sometimes I'll make that chart over more than one day because I need my brain time to rest. All right, the second one that they have here is can't stop snacking. Make it a policy to only snack while sitting down at the kitchen table, not while standing up or while sitting at your desk. It will cut down on constant munching, which is fantastic. I love that one, which is why I left it in there, because as a personal trainer, snacking is a huge issue for a lot of my clients. So you only get to snack if you're in that kitchen, you're sitting down, which also goes with mindful eating. And that goes with the first point that I was talking about, where 
on your list for grocery shopping or on your on your chart your meal planning chart snacks has a category so if you're like and i'm bad for this if i haven't made a list i'll go and be like oh what should i snack on oh look there's some tostitos chips i'm just gonna do that and then a half a bag later i go oh crap that's too much um but if i have the list i'm like oh yeah i i've got stuff to make a fruit smoothie perfect i'm gonna have that so it kind of works and then the last one that i really liked here is Feeling drained by the news of the day? Limit news intake to just before heading out for a daily walk so you can walk off the added stress it can bring. Or just don't watch the news every day. Pick certain days to watch it. So when this first started, I was watching the news every day at 11 o'clock because that's when our news was and then at one o'clock for Ontario. Because at the beginning, there was a lot of important information that came out. Then it started getting repetitive then it started to kind of take a toll on me. So then I was like, mm, no. So now I I've follow some news broadcasts or things on my Facebook. So if I see that an announcement has a certain um, importance to me, so education minister, whenever he makes an announcement or anything regarding um, small businesses or CERB, then, then I'll tune in. But other than that, my personal policy is I'm not watching the news. So unless I know that it's going to pertain to my household, I'm just not going to watch it. So those are some great ways to just make your life maybe a little bit easier. Um, and then the last thing they have here is that there was some research that finds that you can protect or restore your mental bandwidth throughout the day. So what they say is creating everyday rituals like a 45 minute of family physical activity after lunch or regularly taking time out to engage in a hobby can help buffer against life stressors. So uh, you might be feeling drained, right? The gas tank is getting empty. You do something that's very positive and your gas tank fills back up. I will suggest, of course, exercise and something I've started trying to do when I, when I felt started to feel drained, usually around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon is meditation so there's lots of apps out there lots of youtubes they will take you through meditations and i found and i've only done this a handful of times so far but i found that a nice five to ten minute meditation for me i like the laying down eyes closed one um and i like the guided meditations myself like i said there's lots of different ones and then i found found that i was super rejuvenated after and of course, exercise does that too. <laughs> but meditation is another, and it's a nice quick one. Like I said, five to 10 minutes doesn't take long and you can feel rejuvenated after. So I hope that some of these tips help. Um, and if you have any tips, please feel free to send them in to us. Or if you want to share your, your story of how the pandemic is affecting you, we would love to hear all about that. Please send us those stories at empowermentcoaches at gmail.com and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye!